0: And welcome back to another episode of the Hudat Jedi podcast and uh, we are not on location this week um, and I have not been back to Nola Brewing for Donkey Kong but that will happen um, but since Carnival is coming up upon us that might be a little bit more difficult but you know it's really ironic because I didn't like two rooms over I have a console that has Donkey Kong but it's not the same
1: it's, yeah, it's the Nintendo version, which only has three levels, right? Right, yeah. Oh.
0: But anyway, so, um, like, you're hearing the voices already, uh, but we are back in my Star Wars room deep in the heart of Gentilly. Hey. And, uh, but uh, sitting around the table is Dave and Fredo. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. And I am Aaron, and, uh, so, uh, I, last week that was a lot of fun, um, sitting with the, um, overlords of Chewbacca's, um, Ariana and Brooke. Um, they were very gracious with their time and Dave, that video you put together was awesome. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, um, it's on Fox eight, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so
1: thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, uh, it was fun putting together. It was just a natural offshoot of the, uh, of the interview that we did with them and and they were great to have on and they gave us a lot of really cool sound. So
0: You know, that was our first like interview and you know it didn't we, nobody was prepped with anything except I think you probably gave them some notes of what we would talk about. But they just jumped into, you know, being a part of the podcast right away and so that was awesome. I mm-hmm. thought it was a good conversation and
2: I, I think it helps. Number one, you, you get the passion that they get for what they do. So it makes it a lot easier. You're just asking them to share what they love and so they did. But also because it connects so much to Star Wars and geek nerd culture, it just, it just flows naturally.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll have some in the next, because Chewbacca's has not happened yet. It happens in a couple of days as we're from where we're recording this episode right now. Um, and we're all looking forward to it. Um, Dave's already, you can't, this is an audio podcast, so you can't see it. But Dave's got his um, Mardi Gras colors already, and it's Mandalorian with the Baby Yoda. And it says, I got the baby. So it's an
1: incredible
0: shirt. We found it
1: I think on Etsy, my wife
0: did, and it was like,
1: must have that shirt. It's so good.
0: Like things like T Fury is the most dangerous thing to ever pop up on my feed because it's like that's where I got I'm wearing a Monty Python shirt. It's the killer bunny rabbit, you know. So um Fredo's just wearing a nice polo.
2: Well, you know, I didn't all my T shirts I had to wash. There you know.
0: go. Um, but anyway, so, uh, like I said, we got Chewbacca's coming up on Saturday. We're looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we'll have some reactions in the next episode. I'm guessing it's going to be fun because it's Chewbacca's and it's carnival. So anyway, that's the idea, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, tonight though, um, well, first we got to get to our normal, um, uh, trivia segment here. And, um. I feel like I should share the one that I didn't want to share earlier, but we'll just leave it at that. So anyway, um, so, all right, we'll go around the horn and hopefully you enjoy playing trivia with us. And, uh, we're going to need to find some, like, uh, uh, if there's any sequel trivia that we can get, um, or yeah, the sequel trilogy. So anyway, uh, there's, there's Josie in the background, not donkey Kong. It's just just a, just a mutt. All right. So, uh, I'll ask Dave, um, Let's see here, who reassures Luke after Obi Wan's death? There wasn't anything you could have done. i we'll to pause so you, our audience
1: can think about it. That would be uh, Princess Leia.
0: It is, it is Princess Leia. I loved uh, Robot Chicken's take on that when you know Luke says. I can't believe he's gone. She's like, oh, what? The old man that you only met three hours ago just died, and you feel that loss? Said, I just lost my whole planet. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, it's, yeah that mm-hmm. was an easy one, Dave. I feel embarrassed that I gave you that one. No, that's fine. So, yeah. It would have been embarrassing if I'd have flubbed it, so that's, uh,
1: that's pretty good. All right, so I'll give you, uh, Fredo, I'll give you one from the Phantom Menace.
3: Right.
1: What species introduced in Phantom Menace? Has lidless red orange eyes, and gray green
2: skin. Hmm. Lidless red orange eyes, and gray green skin.
0: And an offensive.
2: Yeah, somebody said <laughs> an offensive uh, way of speaking. Uh, that'd be the Nimodians, aka the Trade Federation.
1: That is correct. Yes. Which
2: yeah. I, I never understood why those guys. I mean, like if you said they're representatives of the Trade Federation but making it sound like the whole planet just made just as a trade federation. I'm like, okay, that's weird. But you know, that's star Wars. We have one ecosystem per planet and we have one job per species. Apparently.
1: That was the one critique, really a Phantom menace. And like when I remember when the prequel bashing started and everybody turned on it, uh, I, you know, for a lot of it, I, I didn't understand it. And I was like, I still like this movie a whole lot. But the Nem- Nemoian stuff, I'm like, yep. <laughs> that's a little yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, bet, I bet they'd like to have a mulligan on that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, particularly
2: um, when you can just simply put in some weird alien tongue and just put subtitles underneath.
0: You know, well, that's the thing is that I, and it was actually, um, yeah, it, it's been my criticism of of well, again, I'll go back to the Last Jedi. That you know, the one guy that's like, I told him not to park on the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he sounded like a hick from Oklahoma. No offense to our listeners in Oklahoma. Um, everybody's got their hicks, but why not just make a, an alien voice and you know put in subtitles? That would have been totally Star Wars, not you know, Uncle Jesse on the beach. Well, so. what
1: are your thoughts on uh, Tell
0: That to Kanja Club? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, uh, yeah. I love the line, and yeah. I love delivering the line. Of course, but. you know, there's, and this wasn't on, this is just, you know, me, you know, uh, just, you know, projecting here, but um, of course there's a little bit of a kind of a fun homage in the fact that that's the way Jabba the Hutt was supposed to sound. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. the, the dude was this big, early scottish dude right? right and then of course darth vader's voice you know he was <laughs> got that that thick english accent you know almost almost bordering on scottish so
2: which i remember i saw this video on youtube that said that apparently all of james earl jones's lines for any hope were recorded in like two and a half hours one yeah. saturday afternoon and he got paid something like like two thousand dollars maybe at the most it wasn't much you, know, I, you got, thank that. you Thank you. Done. Okay. Bye. And you're like, okay. And next thing you know, it's put into the movie and it becomes iconic. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, then he had what one or two lines in Rise of Skywalker. I wonder how much he got paid for that in comparison. He probably got
2: paid way more than he got paid for <laughs> all of New Hope. You know, way way more. Yeah.
0: You know, and that's that. That should be an it should be an episode that we should talk about. Uh, we should have at some point is how awful could a new hope have been
2: Whew, pretty you know, awful.
0: because I think there's a lot of things. I mean, we live in the age of the internet where we know that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is, you know, having its problems. And we, you know, there's the problems with the sequel trilogy and stuff like that because the internet is just the internet. But back in 77, you know, nobody knew that this awesome movie that they just saw was a big cluster McClunky, you know, um, <laughs> getting made. We've and
1: all it. seen Empire of Dreams, right? All yeah. three of us. Mm-hmm. That's such a good documentary. I can't recommend that enough. If anyone's listening and has not seen that, it gives you so much interesting information about the making of the three original movies.
2: Particularly how much of it really came together editing wise and music wise. Yeah. Once they had the cut that they wanted and they put the music, they went, Oh, this is good.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, so I, I digress. That that we'll just let's I'll make a mental note of that and uh um that'll be a future episode because i think we we could really ruin a new hope really quick if (laughs) you know people knew so anyway
2: okay let me ask you a question before you start ruining stuff let me ask you okay episode one phantom man is still which of the pod racer pilots hails from the planet malastare oh man deep cut yeah Mm. it is a
0: deep cut um so from malastare um uh, I'm gonna get this wrong. I'm the only one that's I can think of right now is Ben Quadneros.
2: <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, but think about it. was the other major pod racer pilot? Sebulba's
0: you... not, and yep, he was from Malister.
2: It. Yep, Sebulba. Sebulba was
1: from Malister.
0: Yes, I thought that was far too simple. Easy. So I went, <laughs> I went for Ben Quadneros. Oh. The fact that I knew Ben Quadneros should say something, but well, anyway. no.
2: Yeah, I mean, did you ever play the uh, Nintendo 64 Episode 1 Racer game? No. So, well, at once at my brother in law's. Okay, there. see, that we we played it nonstop when it came out that year. And that's how you got to know all the Pod Race pilots, all their Pod Racers. Because, you know, you're like, okay, which is, you want Neva Keys or you want uh, Sebulba's because it's got the fire jets so. up. Anyway. We,
1: we have an old N64 and that's one of the games I'm eyeing for eventual purchase. Oh, you have to. Yeah. That's it's a fun game. It's yeah.
2: a, it's a good way to just waste away the time.
1: And we have young kids, so
2: who are not at all competitive. <laughs> not at all. Not at all.
0: That's a, is that is that your is that how you get stuff that you want is just like hey, that, we have young kids. I'd like that, they'd like that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: sometimes. Yeah. yeah, sometimes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, but, uh, you know, I, I do try to see where we, our interests can align too. you know, it's like, I'm not getting some violent Uber shooter or something and saying that that's, that's for the kids. No, you're not going (laughs) to get golden I-64
2: for the kids. (laughs) No. Let's play Grand
0: Theft Auto, kids.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it is fun when, when our interests line up like that, so.
0: Well, and it's, it, it's good bonding. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> part of me, I just keep hacking here. That's just great for podcasting. So just McClunky that out. Um, so tonight, um, we're going to be talking about, uh, what's, what's, uh, next to come on, um, Disney Plus, And that is the, mm-hmm. um, the last season, uh, season seven, I believe mm-hmm. of the clone wars. um, And really, we're not just going to be talking about that season. We're going to be talking about kind of just thoughts about the entire um, Clone Wars uh, series. And, uh, you know, first of all, I have to say it's, it's really kind of funny that I'm looking forward to this season of the Clone Wars. The reason I say it's funny is that because, as I was mentioning off air, when the Clone Wars first came to be, I had no interest in seeing animated star wars at all that i don't know if i was just rebel. it looked it looked dumb to me it was like i don't I, it seemed like somebody's like i don't know
2: so we should explain to people who may not be aware the original clone wars was not the uh, computer generated show that everybody knows it was originally a hand-drawn animated style uh by the creator of um uh Dexter's Laboratory and Samurai Jack, a guy by the name of Gandhi Tartakovsky. And uh, I think George, the story goes, George Lucas saw him, saw an episode of Samurai Jack I went, that's great. That's all action and it can be done small. So they did 20 or 20 three minute episodes. And that was it. That was, the idea was it's a micro series. That's the way they sold it. So you'd have a little three minute three minute action sequence where uh, Mace Window would be in a planet fighting a droid army. Or you'd have a three minutes uh episode, mini episode where uh Kit Fisto would be underwater fighting with the Mon Calamari.
1: And the um the series was set between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, but it was also released mm-hmm. between the two movies. Yeah. Right. So it kind of like acted as a kind of a build up for people. Like the same way the Animatrix did or for The, the Matrix. Matrix and mm-hmm um so you know like that there was like a role for this series and there was a reason it was so short
2: so and then the idea i mean like characters like Asaj Ventress, characters like um trying to think grievous grieve general grievous they make their first appearance in this small micro series they did two seasons season one was the 20 episodes of three minutes each second season did uh five episodes i want to say five minutes each and it Climaxes with the battle, battle of Coruscant. It ends with the final shot is the battle Coruscant as you pull back as the Starfleet Armada or the, the Armada of Obi Wan shows up.
0: And it's it's the first instance where you have to do the homework mm-hmm. to understand things in the new movie because everybody was so dang confused why General Grievous was coughing and everything like that. Exactly, and it's because I think what Mace Windu uh, force crushes force his crushes his chest. his chest. Yep, and so then it's like. Oh, uh, you know it's just you know, so <laughs> yeah, again.
1: yeah, no, but like general audiences, why does why is he coughing? He's an annoying character don't like yeah, and uh and yet this this it happened in the micro series, and like you said, it was the first one of the big first examples of that where it's like you gotta to do the homework to kind of figure this stuff
2: out, because what's also interesting is there was there was a number of changes, I mean, every one of the movies gets edited right up until the end. In one of the earlier drafts, and there's a deleted scene in the Revenge of the Sith DVD, Blu ray, whichever one you got, where uh, Shakti, one of the Jedi Masters, has been captured by Grievous and gets killed by Grievous. Mm-hmm. Well, in the Clone Wars series, uh, they show you how she gets captured, but then when that got cut out of the movie, they had to go back and change it. So they were working hand in hand right up until both Revenge of the Sith and this last episode of. Uh, the original Clone Wars got locked in. So yeah, that's that, interesting. That,
1: yeah, I think George changed his mind about Shock T like seven times mm-hmm. or something because mm-hmm. it just like she she's had like four film deaths <laughs> exactly. at this point.
0: So so it starts as this uh, this micro series mm-hmm. and then turns into um, what ends up being six seasons of a- of, of an animated. Um, TV show that aired on um, Cartoon Network, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cartoon
2: Network? And and
1: and so, yeah, it it shared the name, but didn't share any of the uh, story. Um, It was a separate entity. Um, There was no real crossover except with the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like some of these characters who had been introduced um, in the cartoon series made it into the the other cartoon series. And so, um, and it was released after the fact. Um, and it came on the heels of the animated movie,
2: right? Which acted like kind of like a pilot for them,
1: right? And most people have uh <laughs>
2: mixed feelings
1: well, And, I, really,
0: <laughs> and I, I will say also that the series is not, even though it's an animated series, it is not a kid's cartoon. No, I mean, when well, my former boss he he uh sent me a text one time and said, What do you, what do you think about uh, you know, Star Wars Rebels? Is that a okay for he has a very young son said, like, mm-hmm. okay for my son to watch and i was like oh yeah it's really good he said yeah because he's really into star wars and we started watching clone wars and a clone steps on somebody's head and shoots him and then like freaked my son out all <laughs> it's <was laughs> like like yeah chris you probably don't want to show him clone wars because it, it was dark it, it was got, dark in
2: some places it got very very dark both literally and <clears throat> metaphorically so um i think that was by the sign they were trying to they're filling in that gap, that three-year gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith of this whole galaxy has been at war. And it really expands a lot of the lore and a lot of the our understanding of what that conflict meant.
0: So, again, get back to my original statement not to, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, but... um i was i'm very surprised and i'm excited for this because it, it it came down to like i said i had no interest when it all first started coming out so i never watched anything live and then it was just one summer it was actually i think the first summer that we moved to new orleans and on netflix i saw the clone wars series was on netflix i'm like you know dogs wake me up at like six thirty in the morning so saturdays and sundays that's you know what i would do is i would just start binge watching clone wars and i was like Really enjoying this series. Um, just, I mean, the storylines were great. The character development was great. Um, just hit some really interesting, um, kind of far out type of stuff for star Wars. I mean, it really takes star Wars. What we know of star Wars to the precipice in some places Mm -hmm. and just kind of dangles you there. You know, then it totally jumps off and, you know, Darth Maul becomes a spider. Um, but, you know, there's there's some instances like that. But um, but I end up just really enjoy this series. And now and then, of course, Rebels came out and they, you know, Dave Filoni worked on, you know, both. And we'll get into more of that here in a little bit. But um, so I've, I've just learned to trust Dave Filoni, you know, and I think he's going to create good Star Wars. Um, but the series was canceled on Cartoon Network and they never got to finish The Clone Wars the way they wanted to.
2: Yeah, I think they did five seasons for Cartoon Network and then they did one truncated season that came out on Netflix. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of it had to do with the whole Disney deal. I think it did. I think it did. Once Walt Disney Company owned everything because all of a sudden a lot of the different deals on a lot of different properties related to Star Wars just kind of got pulled back.
0: So then when, yeah, when the Disney Plus thing comes down, you know, Dave Filoni's like, I've got something we're going to do. I, and nobody was surprised that it was, they're really excited, but it wasn't a huge surprise that we're getting this last season. And he's going to end up finishing this season. So I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and there's potential crossover between, um, I mean, there's characters from the Clone Wars who ended up in Rebels. Um, there's a potential, obviously the Darksaber is in the Mandalorian. So that's a part of the, that's the dark saber came from clone wars. Mm -hmm. Listen, go back to one of our episodes where we talked about that. Um, so uh, they they could connect a lot of fibers in with this. Yeah. If somebody hasn't
1: watched, uh, the show yet, um, and is trying to make that determination, there's a lot of connective tissue in this series, um, to the, uh, Mandalorian in particular. And, um, I've always heard like two main critiques of the show, or at least from people who don't want to get involved in it. Um, one of them is one of the things you touched on, which is like, oh, it's a cartoon. It's for kids. Right. And well, that's just a gross misunderstanding mm-hmm. of the material. Um, it's not like that. Um, again, I, 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 we can't sit here and convince people of that necessarily. Like some people are just like, I'm just not into cartoons. And it's like, okay, but um, it's not meant for kids right um and then the other one um is just the length of the series and i can relate to that one because like when um i watched the micro series between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith and really enjoyed it uh and then revenge of the sith came out and i was like well that's the last star wars movie i'll ever see and uh, you know, shed it, shed my tear and uh, moved on. And then the Clone Wars series came along, the movie and the series came along. And I was like, didn't I already watch this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, before you know it, there's there's 50 episodes of the thing. And it's like, well, now I got to watch 50 episodes of this thing when I can just watch, you know,
0: two hours of this other one. Well, you know? and, and t- along with that critique is the fact that the way that, the episodes go, it's not like they're all in these arcs. It's like basically you'll get, you know, three half hour, you know, episodes that, I mean, you have act one, act two, act three. But the problem is, is that they won't have, you know, act one, act two, act three, then a new arc. It'll be like, here's an episode. Then we'll have another episode of another arc, and then we'll. It's so it's kind of right. It's a little of, disjointed. It's that... very disjointed, and that can you know. So there's people who have put together, you know, the premier watching guide. It's like if you want to watch, if you want to get this arc episode, episode, they'll tell you which episodes, right. and you kind of jump around. Um, yes,
2: yeah, specifically going to something like the Mandalorians. I mean, whether it's there's a few key arcs that touch upon. Mandalore, the Mandalorians, who they are, uh, the dark saber. So yeah, those are like, now that you know that all that's going to impact the Mandalorian, it's easy to find that out online and go, okay, if I just want to catch up on stuff that's going to impact the Mandalorian, I only need to watch these six or so episodes and I'm caught up. I know where it's coming from.
1: Well, here's where I'll plug what I've done, uh, with Fredo. We put together our recommendations um, for episodes for people to watch. Um, basically shaving the season or the, uh, the series down into like what a quarter of the length yeah. roughly. Um, I think
2: you were a bit more shaving than I was.
1: <laughs> I was a little more ruthless. Um, but yeah, um, it includes both of our suggestions. It's on my website, Dave, Uh, I'll throw a link in with this episode so that people can check that out. Um, and again, it, it, it also gives you a little bit of a synopsis of each episode and each arc so that people can kind of decide on their own, oh, I want to know more about Mandalore. I want to know more about the Darksaber. I want to know more about Yoda's connection to the Force. Things like that, you can kind of pick and choose.
0: Yeah, and the again, the things that I end up really liking about it uh, and I've mentioned it on previous episodes. Maybe we'll just go around the horn and what we all mm-hmm. liked and maybe didn't like too much about it. Um, but first of all, I do want to say that it's interesting that people of the younger generation than the three of us, so you know, people who are in their twenties, pushing into maybe into thirty, but mainly those you know later twenties, um, Clone Wars was their Star Wars. That's what they, that's what they grew up on. You know, where we, whereas we grew up on A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, the Clone Wars, so the Clone Wars is their thing. And so this is like, you know, gosh, Christmas, you know, came for them when this last season is here. And then of course all the references that are in The Mandalorian and in Rebels, and in, they're they're really excited about that. So they're really passionate about the Clone Wars. Um, whereas there might be some curmudgeons like us that are like, meh, you know, yeah. Well, I
2: think it's one of those dynamics that kind of, <clears throat> I was thinking about ourselves, so we're watching a few of the episodes over the weekend, while I was incapacitated in bed, uh, it was one of those things where I'm like, it makes sense, this is hitting them, this hit them at the right age, because if I were to tell people about a Tano, people our age are going to go like, who's that? any star wars fan who's 25 that, or sorry, younger
0: that was they're gonna be freaking out that was me in star wars rebels I, I was watching star wars rebels from the get-go and then like at the end of season one and it's like ahsoka tano is uh is fulcrum everybody's like "It's ahsoka and i'm like all oh, right okay <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm> like yay <laughs> it's like you know but i and i had to go watch clone wars that's uh, obviously before i started watching clone wars you know that was like oh okay, now I understand why people are so excited about this, mm-hmm. you know. um
2: But like the idea of like you go to the Galaxy's Edge and the the lightsaber that they're, you know, that they're offering her lightsabers right next to Anakin's and Obi-Wan's and yeah. they're as coveted by the newer generation of fans. And it's one of those things that kind of puts it in perspective. It's like you think Star Wars is, well, for us, is the original trilogy. For a lot of the newer fans, it's Clone Wars is, as vital a piece of that, if not as more.
0: So the things I really dug about it, um, you, uh, I, I, I mean, the, the th- I really, I really enjoyed, um, as end of season three. Um, this is one of those places where they took you to the edge of the cliff. And that was the Mortis arc, mm-hmm. um, where you start talking about, um, you know, kind of the nature of the force and is Anakin the chosen one. It's a really trippy arc. Um, but really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you've watched rebels, there's some references to Mortis in there. And we talked in our couple episodes ago about how it was almost in the rise of Skywalker. Um, I also like there's an arc in the last season, season six of where Yoda learns how to, Mm -hmm. you know, can well to maintain his identity beyond death. Um, so they're again, connecting that gap. Um, but then just the the whole story of of the clones themselves and giving this you know you know something that was baked in an oven for lack of a better you know phrase you know but give the, their personalities and their um their stories and it's they're not just faceless you know clones they're you know it's just so i i really i really the the stories were very compelling i will say I remember there was also another um, episode where there was a, a Jedi who was he was of the same species as Dexter Jester, mm-hmm. you know the the cook, oh, pork roul. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he uh, and he's he was a McClunky. I mean, he was, he was he's kind of, he's a, it's kind of a jerk, you know. Um, and it was just to see a Jedi that way, you know that well, there wasn't even really much of a gray Jedi. He was, I mean he was pretty ruthless and it was like, I remember just really compelled with this this arc. Um, and I've said it before, this Anakin Skywalker, I believe, becomes Darth Vader. The way that they, the way they developed Anakin's character in the Clone Wars was, I don't think it could have gotten any better because you see his passion, you see his soul, you see his the goodness, and you see... The shades of evil you know that you know and I was like I believe that guy becomes Darth Vader so those are, those are my quick thoughts on just what say, I really he, liked about it
2: you see how his passion could be the thing that drives him over the edge <laughs> like his love for his friends his love for people like Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and Padme would be the thing well that, and
0: just but just those tendencies like right. I remember like one clip that it was like they have all you sent me the all the dark side moments of Anakin Skywalker and um in the Clone Wars and they're trying to figure out what to do with this this baddie that they're up against and Anakin just shoves a lightsaber through his back and they're like and Obi Wan's like, Anakin, he's like, what? He was gonna kill us all. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't even like he did it out of anger or, you know, or evilness. It was just, you know, I mean he just he's he's just a rule breaker, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. So anyway.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, well I would agree with that. And I would also say that for anybody that has a similar hang up with the prequels where it's like I don't buy Anakin's Fall, uh, Clone Wars is absolutely uh great. It will save for you that. Yeah. yeah. Um the uh the Mortise arc in particular is just so well done. And it's some of the deep deeper stuff there where again you're 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 getting into these <laughs> these questions of almost mythology where there are these beings that are like godlike and what is re- actually going on and is some of this real and some of it isn't um and philosophically what are these things that we're talking about even really mean um you want to go down a deep rabbit hole those episodes are great for that um
0: that's my favorite arc of the series I would say however I wouldn't start with that arc I would get into Clone Wars a little bit and then go into it because it's you know
1: Clone Wars basically starts by uh introducing us to Ahsoka uh who is Anakin's Padawan to start with um and you're like Anakin had a Padawan well yes (laughs) he did you would have missed all of that if you hadn't seen any of the television shows so um um, you really get to know her right out of the gate. You really you are introduced to some of these villains that weren't in the movies, like Asajj Ventress, and the clones. Um, right out of the gate, um, to what you were talking about, Aaron, which is like these previously faceless soldiers suddenly have personalities. Uh, and they actually do a really smart thing, which is they re- introduce us to a team of cadets who are just starting the training process and not doing well. And so you have empathy for them and you begin to learn who they are as a result of that. And eventually they play a really large role, um, in this series and in rebels. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't start with Mortis, but if we're talking about things that we love, I love Mortis arc. Um, darth maul's return which we've talked about the um some of the um is it is it is it done well (laughs) are there parts of it that stretch credibility um that can be debated but um the decision to bring him back was really bold and then he ended up in a really interesting place Um, it took him a little while to get there but by the end of his appearances in rebels you're like whoa this character has so much more depth than i ever thought possible um and so his arc will help people especially people who saw solo and were like what where did he come out
0: of that was was my brother yeah i've mentioned that before
1: um so i love the the mall stuff too um that stuff really jumped out at me um yeah, I, I mean, I'm afraid I'll let Fredo talk. Uh,
2: yeah, no, I was gonna say because what's what's interesting. First, I love that arc that you're mentioning about the not evil because I don't remember him being that evil Jedi Master. But listen, he was, he was just uncaring.
0: He was he was Patton. Yeah, very much. Actually, he was, uh, actually he was pretty much Patton. Yeah. It's
2: uh, I'm gonna throw my troops into the into the grist and then gonna get turned over and I don't care as long as I get victory. That it's a four episode arc at the start of a uh, season four, which is. Like, if you're going to go rank seasons, like seasons three, four, and five, like the very best of the show. Um, But that whole four-episode arc, it's presenting real-world problems, real-life problems that forces in the military have to deal with, that officers have to deal with, with having to manage, you know, the, the demand of a chain of command that says, do something that you know is not really to the best of, that's going to bring about the best outcome for your men. The idea of, okay, maybe how much can I skirt the line between obeying a, a, an order that I know is not necessarily technically the best, but that may work. Um, so, And then what happens when you get told flat out, do something that you know is going to result in the death of uh, your troops, which is also interesting because in this case, his troops all look like him. Yeah. They all have different personalities, but they're all of a nature similar to him so it creates a weird dynamic that's an awesome arc um all the stuff with the night sisters and Asaj ventras was as another one stuff.
0: yeah and that, that's another place where they take you to the edge um right. but i yeah it, the night sisters it's all about um their witches and it's mm-hmm. about magic and is the force magic mm-hmm. you know and that you and know, you can use it and of course, I think Maul references, you know, re- it's referenced in Rebels when they're, you know, he said, talks about the Night Sisters. Said, well, and Ezra said, do they use the Force? And he said, well, kind of an element of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I dug the Night Sisters right. as and, well.
2: Well, it's interesting seeing the Mother Towson, who's the head of the Knight Sisters, is that that was a design from way back in Episode One, 1999, that they were designing a Sith witch, and they're like, okay, this is scary. No, we don't want to use this. They went back and recycled it for the show. So but, Filoni is like, no, no, we're not throwing that away. We're, I can still eat that.
0: So, but And this is where I think this is the genius of, of the Clone Wars. And it's kind of what we talked about in one of our early episodes of this podcast was what makes it Star Wars, you know, and how do you, how does, how do you make somebody feel comfortable? Um, because in all this episode, you're seeing clone troopers. You know, that looks like Star Wars. You're seeing lightsabers. Okay, that's Star Wars. You're seeing Anakin and Obi Wan, so you got these things to make you feel grounded in. Okay, I know where I'm at, and then they take you to these weird places, you know. But you'll go there because they have enough familiarity in other things to make you again feel like it's not just slapping Star Wars on the name Mm -hmm. and then doing stuff with witches. You know, it's it's really really well. It's just really really well done.
2: There's a couple of arcs that uh, one introduces. Uh, Captain Tarkin yeah which is a hilarious thing to go like when he says oh my my captain knows this piece of information and they have to go rescue him from this prison and it's it's like a three episode get out of jail arc and it's really cool but then you get to see the beginnings of his relationship with Anakin that of course we get to see in episode four later on but then uh, towards the end of season five when they have an answer to the question of how come you never saw Ahsoka in episode three you never heard of, her. there's a resolution to that question, and he's integral to that, and you get to see kind of Tarkin at that point coming into his own mm-hmm. in a way that's just you just hate the guy, you just can't help but hate that guy.
1: I live um, specifically thinking about the characters who got short shrift in episode three: um, Grievous, <laughs> Grievous, uh, Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, Padme has a lot of good arcs. Jar Jar has some good moments in in the series as well, and and so like especially Padme, um, who just you know they sort of wasted in the third movie,
2: and Bail Organa as well because they're working hand in right. hand. Yeah. One of the things that that everybody goes is like, okay, they just went to war. It's like, and it was interesting. There's a whole episode where they're they're talking about figuring out how to pay for this war. How to pay for more clones.
1: And they filmed a lot of stuff with her and Bale and the beginnings of the rebellion uh, for episode three. And all that ended up on the cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see them go back to it here. And you get to see some of this stuff, these seeds of an eventual rebellion, which.
0: Yeah, I I would agree that, again, I think this series, you know, it does it. It does save you know it, it saves the prequels for you okay. in in some in some respects you know because again there are elements like you said Padme is you know like god uh, combing her hair and
2: just <laughs> Let's she's think not about when hair.
0: we're in Naboo yeah no she's not she's um
2: one it, other character I was gonna say before right quick Count Dooku yeah. I love the Count Dooku in this series because he is both regal and stoic and clearly in charge of his of his dynamic uh, with the separatists but there's moments when people get the upper hand of him and it those are fun because you get it's it's like you get to imagine christopher lee kind of brought low and having to figure it out
0: but again another element one thing that in revenge of the sith that threw me for a loop was when you know anakin says my powers have doubled since we last met dooku mm-hmm. and i'm thinking you know i thought okay i guess we're talking about episode two no i mean there's you know they're referencing stuff that happened in the clone Wars, so it's again a little bit more of you had to do the homework um but uh so what what about some things that we, we, we've been kind of glowing about this and I, i'm really looking forward to to this new season because i think it's going to save revenge of the sith for me if i mean because you know we're That's just one of my, I I love the movie, but it's one I will not probably put, I'm not going to probably put that in the Blu-ray player or call it up on Disney Plus to watch. Say, I haven't watched Revenge of the Sith for a while. It's not going to happen just because there's a lot of just uh, elements to it for me. Um, But this last series or season will take us, it'll actually end up at some point being like at the same time as Revenge of the Sith. Right. and I think it's going to be actually the Siege of Mandalore uh, arc, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But anyway, um, I, I, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it cause I, because the Clone Wars did, like Dave, you said, makes you feel better about some of these characters that you know were kind of misused. Um,
1: there, I mean, there are two main characters to me that uh, in the Clone Wars like and in Rebels, they developed them so well, and I, I immediately think of Ahsoka and I think of Darth Maul um and from the previews that we've seen for this final season that looks like the two of them are going to play play prominently yeah. in that and i'm like that's awesome because i want to see how they got from point a to point b from clone wars to rebels you know um and then you know again it's there's just there's so much with mandalore that we still don't know mm-hmm. um and it's like Again, how do we get from point A to point B? I, I'm really excited to see all that stuff. And we, we did kind of gloss over the Mandalore stuff in the, in this um, series that we'd seen. Um, some some of that stuff's kind of hit or miss for me in terms of how entertaining it is. Um, it gets a little dry in places. Mm-hmm. But um, we didn't talk about Lots Satine. of jetpacks. Well, we didn't talk about...
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> let's, let's, we'll, we'll talk about that here yeah. um, because... I'm going to drop some sacrilege. All right. Right now. And the thing I didn't like about the Clone Wars, I, I will say that any time that Obi-Wan is on screen, I just sigh. I don't like the way that character was handled at all. He seems way too pompous, way too know-it-all-ish. I mean, very anti-Alec Guinness. And very anti Ewan McGregor. I don't know. It just seems like uh, I, I don't like the way that character was handled throughout the entire series. It didn't feel like Obi Wan. I just, yeah, I, I just didn't. I didn't like it.
1: In a way, he kind of embodied the problems of the Jedi Order that they talked about, you know, and why too sure of themselves i think it was one thing that you ought to talk yeah about but it, like i said it
0: just like it there there's not really a continuity between the other obi-wans that we've known i can you, you okay. can make the argument with you know and i try to make the argument with myself that obi-wan in a new hope is had a lot of time to sit and do penance but i mean like i said it's just I, I just get annoyed with... I. It's like, no wonder Anakin says <laughs> I hate you at the end of Revenge of the Sith because it's just like uh, he is... I don't know. It, it's, I don't like the way that character came off. It's just always so pompous. But then, you know... Um, but then you also have the idea of Obi-Wan being the embodiment of the true Jedi, really. Right. And then... But he has a girlfriend.
2: <laughs> he had a girlfriend. He had
0: a girlfriend. You know, Satine. So, yeah. you know... If you want to? So uh, that, that, yeah. was, that was kind of my. And guys, shoot holes in that, that, that.
2: No, actually, I think kind of like Dave, that in some ways, that Obi Wan at the peak of the Clone Wars is not the Obi Wan we meet in episode four because of everything that happened in episode three. You know, he, every, his entire world gets ripped apart, his entire belief system gets ripped apart, he gets to live for the next almost 20 years. Paying for the mistakes they make for the short sightedness, because you know, like you said, the Anakin in Clone Wars was going down a particular path, and he never saw it coming. And there's the Chancellor always pulling the strings. He never saw that guy, and all the uh, blind spots that the Jedi have, he has them front and center. He he cannot see beyond. Oh well, the Jedi good, of course. We're going to be uh, doing the good thing all the time. The Republic is righteous because the Jedi defended, so therefore it must be righteous. One of the things that I really did appreciate about the Clone Wars is how they present the complexities of intergalactic politics, to put it that way, to show that there was always that line from the opening crawl of Episode 3 of there's heroes on both sides. I'm always like, well, we never got to see the heroes on the other side. This kind of puts shows them to you, shows you that maybe the Republic is not as wholly good as it's proclaiming itself to be. And at the same time that the Jedi who are defending the Republic by using their, their pacifist powers to lead an army, maybe they're not as as noble as we've been you know, told. So I think there's something to that, what they've said of Obi-Wan kind of embodying that duality and just having blinders, just not recognizing. And, and that coming up as a, well, of course, I'm I'm so good,
0: and I think that I think that's the thing is that I I never sense it, it, The word now is arrogance. Mm-hmm. I never sense arrogance in the Obi Wan of episode three of episode two or three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Qui Gon references it in Phantom Menace. Says you know he's you know he's Had young, strong. he's headstrong, but but I never get the sense of arrogance coming from that or from Alec Guinness, you know, and, but that's all I get the sense of mm. throughout. It's almost like he's nobility mm-hmm. and uh, just so, so it doesn't, it, it doesn't fit in my mental model of, of, it, it just kind of grates on me, but that's anyway. cool.
2: right. no, yeah. the other thing I kept thinking is, you know, it makes, it makes sense. If he's sort of nobility, why Qui-Gon would pick him, having been Padawan to Count Dooku. Maybe he's like, oh, my master taught me, so therefore i got to go pick somebody like him. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's a characterization. Every iteration of him has been slightly different. Yeah. That's why when uh, uh, and McGregor did and such a great Alec Guinness in episodes one, two, and three, and hopefully in the Obi-Wan series, you know, why we connected so well with him, because it felt like the younger version of the character we meet in episode four but you know different property different media is going to have a different iteration
0: so i said things i didn't like about Mm -hmm. it what what about you guys what anything that just makes you kind of
1: it was really fun to watch but the emperor felt a little overpowered at times (laughs) i'm thinking of one duel in particular (laughs) um but yeah he just um he's out there wrecking shop and again it's fun to watch but it's like really that powerful like this guy's never gonna go away and i guess he never does go away oh you're
0: you're talking about the yeah the the saber duel between uh darth maul and yeah mm -hmm. yeah um
2: and and savage oppressed and his brother yes so savage
1: yeah and like um the way that he could put dooku on his knees as well you know like just the um the level of power he could exert over others was um to me it was probably a little overdone because
0: because you I, never see anything close to that in, in the any movies. other yeah.
1: yeah i mean I like he, he if anything he restrains himself most of the time and then he's like oh okay i guess i'm gonna have to kick your butt now and And then he does, but there's filler, you know, I mean, like there's always going to be a critique because there are these episodes that don't result in outcomes that really push the ball forward.
0: You know, however, I do want to say something just, just popped Mm -hmm. in my head as you said that, because people talk about filler all the time, especially when I was listening to the podcast about Star Wars rebels and they said, Oh, here's another filler episode. It's like, if you listen to a symphony, people are usually going to probably check out and fast forward through the slow movement. But if you check out through that slow movement and if you like just skip that track or go, you know, go out to the the lobby during that movement or whatever, then the finale is not going to make sense to you because you're going to miss themes that were introduced. You're going to miss you know, things the composer was doing. They don't just write that movement because there has to be that many movements. So it's like, we, we get critical of, of filler. And I think whenever, so that's why I try to push myself that when I hear somebody say that episode was a filler episode, then I'm really going to sit and stare at that and say, okay, what are they, especially after the fact, after the whole Mm -hmm. series is out, let's see what, you know, there were, what seeds are they planting but so so, i
1: have no problem with that i think your
0: critique is fair i think your critique is fair that it's just like you know how many slow movements are you going to give us you know
1: there there are many um and again i'm i think when i sit there 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 are times where like i'll be grinding through several episodes and i'm like oh that got my attention and so i'm going to put down my phone and i'm going to watch it closely And then, but there are a lot of times where I'm just like, okay, okay, we get it. We're going to, we know how this is going to resolve itself. C3PO is going to be okay. We know, (laughs) you know, and it's like, um, you know, not to single him out, but you know, the C3PO centric episode is probably not going to be galaxy changing. So um, yeah, so there are, there are episodes like that there. And I guess I would call that a critique for me.
2: Yeah, and I was just going to say, I mean, because sometimes when you do need those slower movements to kind of help everybody kind of process. And a lot of times, you know, what somebody calls filler is a character episode. It's a character-driven episode. It's not story-driven. It's not the plot demands we go to A to obtain thing B to stop thing C. This is a chance for you to get to know the characters, get to know their dynamic. Because a lot of times, you know, you're not going to care for a character if you're constantly putting them in danger, but you don't know them. Right. They just become an action figure. You're dangling all the side of your table. You need people to have a stake, an emotional stake in that character. So that for example, when you get to the Ahsoka um, arc at the end of season five, it hits, but it hits because you've been with her for five seasons. It hits because you've gotten to know her. You like her as a character. You respect her. You want her to see, you know, you want her to succeed. So, When the stuff in that arc happens, you're like, brought low, but that's by design. Because you've gotten all those episodes with her.
1: The worst kinds of filler for me, and when I think about Mm -hmm. like filler, is it a dirty word? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not the character-based stuff. Because Mm -hmm. the character-based stuff is valuable. Mm -hmm. It always is valuable for me. When I'm watching a story, it helps me invest. But it's like an action-y episode where, oh, we have a mission on this planet to involve ourselves in this conflict and by the end of it, everything will be okay. You know, it's like, okay, it can be a little repetitive.
2: Which, you know, and that's, I think, a fair criticism because, I mean, even though it's a action-based show, it's said during the war, you know, it's only so many episodes you can say, okay, they're invading Planet X and they have to, you know, topple this evil henchman. That would be one of my criticisms would be, the preponderance of just evil henchmen. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah. Now and again. yeah. How many evil emirs <clears ears throat> and overlords did Obi-Wan and Anakin and Mace and all of them topple? You know, whether they're in charge of the planet of the Twi'leks, whether they're in charge of the planet of the Wookiees or the planet of the Nemodians. There's always some sort of dude that you saw for a split moment in Attack of the Clones, and they got their whole clone army, I mean whole droid army, and they're just being the worst people ever. The, the
0: Legion of Doom. Basically. Basically.
2: <laughs> and, but the point is, you don't get to know them beyond just stock bad guy character three. Yeah. So that'll that, be my one big criticism of them. We now,
0: haven't mentioned Boba Fett either. Well, I was just going to mm-hmm. say, actually, there's some... There's really cool... Um, one cool thing about this though, there's a bunch of bounty hunters in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars as well. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best characters in this series... And probably one of the best Star Wars characters ever is Cad Bane. Yes. Love that character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, love that bounty hunter. I just I could not get enough. And that's why I'm hopeful that that mystery person in uh, episode episode three of, or whatever it was, of The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. at the very end, I hope that's Cad Bane.
1: That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, R.S. Singh is in this. Boba Fett
2: returns.
0: And Daniel Logan does the voice of Boba Fett. The Daniel Logan who was Boba Fett in episode two. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And I love that whole arc with him trying to take out Mace Windu. Because it (laughs) makes sense. Number one, yeah, of course he's going to feel wrong. And yeah, he's going to want to take out the guy who killed his dad. But then when he's having to threaten a clone, and that clone's looking back at him with the face of his dad, all of a sudden this, you know boba fett gets brought down to being a teenage kid
1: yeah
0: so there was a actually you can find this on youtube and i think i showed it to you guys once before it's uh um animatics of uh cad bane versus boba fett kind of you know i would love it if we got that it would you know I i don't know if we're going to but that uh that was such a cool cool little snippet there um but uh, I mean Bos- it would be a yeah. non
1: sequitur you're right you know it's yeah. like we're doing all this Mandalore stuff but I'd, I'd be here for it I'd still mm-hmm. want to see it and
0: Bosk is in that so <laughs> yeah. and we're going to see Bosk apparently in season 2 True. of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. so um, you know Bosk has more to say and he's going to be like R2 he's seen it all but Bosk
1: yeah. was in Clone Wars too there were a couple
2: episodes yeah that's what I was Bosque. saying yeah he yeah. was
1: he was in there yeah, yeah. so Bosk you can't get rid of him It's like a fungus.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, one of the characters kind of goes under the thing, you know, under the table, but that's prime, you know, important for both this and Rebels is Hondo. Hondo Anaka. Yeah. Who you meet early Mm -hmm. on when he double crosses Count Dooku and then double crosses the Jedi because he's trying to get paid for a ransom for uh, turning them over. And then it's interesting where you see him start and then when you see him again in Rebels, Mm -hmm. how much mm -hmm. has changed.
0: And yeah, I mean... I didn't know much of Hondo when I mean when he came into Rebels, mm-hmm. and then watching the Clone Wars episodes, you know, with Hondo was kind of, yeah, it was disjointed, um, but um, yeah, because he
1: starts off as just this bad dude. He's this pirate and mm-hmm. he's not nice, right? Uh, and. He's, they soften him
0: considerably. Yeah, it becomes your crazy old uncle, you yeah. know who, <laughs> you know who uh, always has you know beer in the car or something, you know type of a character in Rebels. I mean, but of course they kind of have to tame that down because Rebels was a kids show, but yeah. more so,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there was some stuff with the end of Rebels. I just went back and I rewatched um, Twin Sons. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Like we were talking you were complaining about Obi-Wan's portrayal earlier and I'm like in Twin Suns it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And it's it's so good. Um and again, like the that might be the biggest endorsement I can make for this series is that it makes Rebels an even more rich, a richer experience and I love Rebels and I I would highly recommend anybody sit down and watch that. So So
0: the the new season that's coming out um I mean Twelve episodes. We're not going to spoil anything, but we've got. There's going to be a um, siege of Mandalore arc. I think that's three three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to find out what happened to Mandalore, and at this point, um, actually, I think, um, yeah, well, I guess Bo Katan would be ruling Mandalore, with. The dark saber.
2: No, but I thought that was at the end of Rebels that you got the Well,
0: but it, well that but that's pre episode four, so maybe I'm getting things.
2: See, that's the thing. That's the danger. There's some,
1: I think that we're at the point.
2: Oh where no, i sorry. No 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 no, 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 no. Okay, never mind, yeah. never
0: mind, never mind. Because they end up getting the dark from Darth Maul's cave on. Uh, yeah. yeah. So no, I'm sorry, but but however, um, Bo Katan is in there, um, but. Um, We know that uh, Moff Gideon was part of the Siege of Mandalore, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. He was Admiral Gideon at that point or something. Something like that, right. So there could be, I'm not saying that is going to be in there, but it could be something in there. Um,
2: Put it this way, Dave Filoni wouldn't have put, he's involved in Mandalorian and he's involved in Clone Wars. He wouldn't have put all that information in those last two episodes of the Mandalorian if it's not going to be impacted in some way at the end of Clone Wars
0: it will be it will be interesting to see how i, I do want to know how the dark got from Bo-Katan at the end of rebels to moff gideon mm-hmm. that will be interesting to see how they explain that um so we're we're going to have that arc you're going to have an arc called the bad batch which are i think five clones that um were i don't know just designed a little bit different so mm-hmm. they're a little bit different from your typical clones so that's going to be a big army shoot em up type of thing
2: because with you know i was just thinking there was one arc at the start of season six that explains how order 66 kind of came to be and how some of the characters from clone wars ended up in rebels without having gone over to the bad guys. So. Well,
0: I mean, that's, that's going to be part of, uh, cause I think that siege of Mandalore happens right around order 66. So
2: I wonder, if and
0: I mean, in rebels, you know, Rex says that he and Wolf and, took their and Gregor took their chips out. Right. And, but there was in the clone wars, they did discover. With yeah. With fives that he had a chip there or something was going on. Cause he started. Yeah.
2: Well, there was one, one other on top that, you know, goes and kills the Jedi because his chip is malfunctioning. And he's thinking it's, It's go time. Yeah. Uh, So I'm wondering if the Bad Batch arc will touch even further on Order 66.
0: I don't know. Um, We're also going to have um, an arc. uh, Well, Ahsoka left the Jedi Order.
2: Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, sorry. She (laughs) left. I mean, she's not there during, you know. Episode 3. Episode 3. So, you know, something happened. But she left the Jedi Order. And so... She, um, goes down into the underworld and there's going to be a whole arc and eventually she comes back to help them with the siege of Mandalore. So that's going to be interesting. I read the Ahsoka novel, um, about a year or two ago and she references there. There's references to that as well, where, um, flashbacks to where, cause basic, well, spoiler alert, give you a second to turn this off. But anyway, I mean, she, um, basically fakes her and rex's death i think type of a thing i mean she buries uh, you know it's makes it seem like you know they're not living so um but anyway there's it's going to be interesting to see how they all do that because yeah rex gets out without uh turning on his jedi and he and the other clones go hide out on whatever planet they were Mm -hmm. um so what are the, the so we had the mandalore we had the bad batch we had yeah, and for people so, who
1: have 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 no reference for any of this, Rex was
0: a clone. Yes. And then oh, he
1: ended up in Rebels as a main character who was part of that. And then and then retconned
0: into Return of the Jedi. If you look <laughs> at Return yeah. of the Jedi, there's this old guy with a white beard who's running around with the Rebels on Endor, and then he's also eventually in Biker Scout gear. Mm-hmm. And people gave him a name long time ago, and then they've retconned that and said, nope. That's Rex. That's Rex, and I like that. I this don't is, mind that retcon. That he was the
2: commander of the Five Hundred and First, was he not? In yeah, Clone Wars.
0: But he wasn't with Anakin when he stormed the the Jedi Temple, because, yeah. and you, you'll find you'll you'll find out in this new season. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, here's the cool thing: is that yeah, you've seen the clips of Darth Maul and Ahsoka lightsaber battling, and here's the real cool thing: they told us at Celebration is that they had Ray Park do all of the saber stuff in motion capture mm. and so all of that when you see darth maul with a lightsaber it's going to be ray park and that so, really cool mm. it was very cool it was very cool um so you know and in rebels it's made clear that you know maul and ahsoka have a history
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But you you know, but you don't really get it all that much in the Clone Wars. A yeah, little yeah. bit,
1: but yeah, Maul's major beef is with Kenobi, right? And that's most of his arc is about him trying to exact revenge against Kenobi, um, but also carve out a life for himself because <laughs> yeah. you're like you're no longer the the apprentice learner for of the Sith. That that slot's been taken. Um, so what can, you know, this creepy bad guy do with himself and it's like, Well, I'll, you know, go into the underworld and start a crime syndicate and um, it makes sense for his character, but then you can you again, there there's still these missing little
2: Well, and that's what I'm trying to remember. Was cats. the last shot we got of Maul when Sidious beats him and Savage and is force lightning him? I believe I've, I believe that's saying I have another plans for you.
1: Yeah, I think that is it, and, and 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 that's the point where you begin to realize, um, well, Maul had this intention of I'm gonna do build this crime syndicate for myself, uh, and now he's under Sidious's thumb again at this point, mm. and Sidious is probably going to use that crime syndicate f- to further his own goals. So yeah.
2: next, uh, next time we see him would be Solo, right. Right. Okay.
0: So then,
1: yeah, but it, you know, and then at that point,
2: he's head of the Black what, Sun.
1: Yeah, and what's is he? I guess Crimson he's, Dawn. Yeah, Crimson yeah. Dawn. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, like you're still under Sidious's thumb at at that point because Sidious is still running around.
0: You know, but, that was the other thing, interesting thing about the Clone Wars is that um, you know the Sith have a rule of two, but they all end up taking apprentices. You know, and because Dooku has um, Ventress and Sidious eventually tells him you need to get rid of her right and so he tries you know tries to get rid of her um, you have um, you know Maul taking um, basically taking his brother Savage Press, as his kind of you know apprentice um, but Maul I still I mean he's still called Sidious Master you know um, so I just find that interesting that everybody's everybody's cheating on each other you <laughs> know <laughs> It's just, it's just kind of interesting. So, let me ask you guys what do you think about. Sith to- ain't loyal. We, we, we talked about this earlier. What do you think about the whole Night Sisters and that whole magic realm of things in, in Star Wars? I
1: don't know if it would work in live action as well, but within animation, it worked really well. I liked it a lot.
2: I love the little audio effects that they put for Mother Talzin's voice because she has her female voice on top.
0: It was Riders on the Storm, you know, with uh, Jim Morrison singing and talking the lines at the same time. Yeah,
2: because he's very very musical in her voice, but then underneath, they always had this deeper grumble speaking with her, always telling you, "Okay, there's more power to her." Yeah, Uh, I love that arc because again, it introduces. I I love this is one of the things that Yoda's um, arc kind of says is like when he's talking to Anakin, and Anakin says. well as far as we know nobody can come back from death you know once they pass on to the force and Yoda's response is as far as we know yeah you know so that idea that the force is still a mystery there's to, more out there there's more to it there's more out there that there's a deeper understanding that can be gained that none of them not even Yoda has so the idea there's a way to look at the mystery in different ways and the nice sisters look at it a different way but theirs is. As strict and as brutal as you know the Jedi so, sort of
0: sits. So let's bring this into you know the New Orleans Star Wars podcast. I mean, we live amongst stuff like this, where you have people who are very religious, very Catholic, you know, and very right next door to people who practice Voodoo, and maybe mm-hmm. they actually go to Catholic church and still practice Voodoo, you know, or you know, there's um people who you know. Just all the different religions, all the mm-hmm. different, you know, what, you know, what is God? Um, and it all coexists so mm-hmm. well. Right. Um, there's,
2: there's never a point where the Nice Sisters believes invalidates what the Jedi believe or invalidates what the Sith believes. What's interesting is that each one of them has found a dynamic and, and a way in which to tap into it and express it and use it. And that all of them in one way, shape, or form, you said it is a way to command power. You know, whether it's the Jedi being pacifists and being protectors, whether it's the Sith trying to be conquerors, was the Night Sisters just ruling from the shadows, kinda of, sort of. You know, it's a very interesting and dynamic way of looking at it. And again, that's one of the things that Clone Wars does. It takes the very straightforward line that you went from episode to episode to episode and kind of says, yeah, but we haven't gone off the beaten path. Let's go this way and see what's out there.
1: There's a really cool visual language mm-hmm. too involved in the Night Sisters and everything that they do. There is a greenness yeah. that kind of emanates from their magic and from um, their speaking to the dead and those kinds of imageries you know that's that's something that i want to talk about at some point it seems like it's always green when but, when you're raising people from the dead i don't but know but it's why. a
2: different green than the green in mortis <laughs> right which is a different green than the green in the force planet the yoda fun goes to first not dago but the second one where he fights the various you know right. manifestations of the force. Right. Oh,
0: Super Mario World, where yeah, he's yeah. jumping from <laughs> yeah, mushroom basically. to mushroom.
2: Yeah. Basically. So you know, it's a you know they're all different shades of green. The, your-
1: the like just going back and watching it, you'll see like when Savage, you know, gets struck with a death blow. Spoiler: um, the green smoke starts emanating mm-hmm. from his chest, and you see that same imagery after. Um, they cast uh, witch spells on Dooku, mm-hmm. um, and he—they're like he's well, writhing on the ground. Go and- to
0: go to rebels when mm-hmm. Kanan and Sabine were both possessed by the spirits of the Night Sisters. Right, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I again, I I think that was one of those things where if if you didn't have elements that already looked like Star Wars
1: right right
0: and also i think the night sister stuff ends up being you know kind of in it's not at the beginning of a season no it's... so we're we've been we've been into this for a while so again people are kind of used to okay i'm in star wars if you would have started with night sisters then you would have went what is this
1: yeah i think they show up in season three yeah,
2: i'm almost certain that it is
0: but the but the fact that they are you know um again you know they, they create yep. Shav- Savage and you know, which is Darth Maul's brother. Could have been any other being, but we're going to make it look like somebody you know? that you already know. See, that's why, again, I, I find what they're doing really quite genius that I'm going to throw really weird crap at you, but you're going to feel good about it because you're going to feel like you're in a familiar place. Well,
2: what's interesting is that they, even the in-world explanation is they go to Count Duke and say, oh, you need a new assassin right well what about if we give you you remember Darth Maul and how much of a warrior and a skilled killer he was well we can give you somebody from his family tree and he's like well sure so they give him Savage who is a brother to Maul and then that becomes the reason why he ends up seeking out Darth Maul so they you know even though they probably had it in mind that they wanted to bring back Maul the way that they were found to connect these pieces was rather interesting also interesting how that diverges Asajj Ventress's character away from what we had seen beforehand because up until that point she was just one of the villains.
0: So um, go around the horn. Just to ask both of you. What are you? What are you looking forward to most with? What are your? Maybe not expectations, but what are what are your hopes? What do you? I mean, going into this last season that's coming on Disney Plus.
1: Um i'd say ahsoka Uh, interestingly for me she's never my never been my favorite character but i just i find it so interesting with where we left her previously in the clone wars which is she had left the order to where she ends up in rebels um i just i want to know more and i want to see more of like what that life was like for her where she was like you're you're on your own and i, w- I want to see what that entails for somebody with her abilities and um again she's become such an important character for so many people too i just uh, i know that dave's gonna handle her really well so i'm excited for that i think most cool. most of all
2: i think i want to see most of all how it all connects to episode three because this is you know it's very important, you know, this has been the expansion that we, if you only saw the movies, you don't know that you need. You know, you don't know that, oh, what was the Clone Wars? Well, here it is, and it's six seasons, going to be seven seasons of action and warfare and loss and hope and everything. And I just want to see how this is going to connect to that movie and how is it going to, Maybe change my perception of it, or how it's going to improve my perception of it, just to see. Okay, how does how do these two pieces fit now?
0: And see, I'd take it a step further and say the connections into rebels. Like, mm-hmm. how did Maul end up the exile on on Malachor? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. how how did that happen? Um, you know how did um, so yeah? I'll I'd like say and yeah, how did how did uh, Ahsoka become? You know, Fulcrum. Fulcrum. Um, how did yeah. Rex get away? Right. You know, all the, so the, all those little connections. But that's a, an awful lot of things to tie up. Right. In 12 episodes. In 12 episodes. And I just hope it doesn't become like, you know, as much as I like Solo, it was, here's how he got his gun. Here's how he, you know, learned to shoot first. Here's how he met Chewbacca. Here's how he got the Millennium Falcon. It was like all the things. And I, and, and that was kind of a criticism of like, you're just shoehorning, shoehorning everything in that you want to know, you know, I'm surprised that somebody didn't hand him a vest, you know, type of, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. No, Um, here's
1: how he met Lando. Here's how he did the Kessel run. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Everything.
0: So, um, it's like, well guys, we just got told we're not getting a second movie. So let's get some more (laughs) stuff in there, you know? Um, so I hope that there's those connections, but if there aren't, I, I mean, that's why there are books. So. Um, so if you were to recommend to your friends, we've been talking and our friends here listening to this podcast, um, they probably have Disney plus and that season seven is, uh, you know, going to be going to be there in a few weeks. Um, what should they do? Should they just sit down in a weekend and how long did you guys did the math? How long Mm -hmm. is it going to take? If you Uh want to binge watch clone wars, how much of your life are you giving up?
1: If you want to watch every episode, you're talking about over 50 hours, which seems a little... A couple days. Uh, you know. A couple, three days. <laughs> two, straight, two and a half straight days. Um, Just don't bathe. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's, here's
0: the best thing, though. They're only like 20-minute episodes. They fly. Yeah.
1: They, they go by pretty quick. Um, my recommended... Viewer's Guide is about 16 hours instead of over 50. And so, if they
0: watch that 16 hours, then they're going to go into this final season feeling pretty good. I think so.
1: Um, and if they want even more depth, they can go with Fredo's recommended viewing, which is about 22 hours, but still less than half of the full commitment. Yeah.
2: So, the way I figure, you know, Dave's giving you maybe a couple of seasons of a Netflix show.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like basically two seasons of Stranger Things, you know, just yeah. sit, bang it out right quick, you know.
2: Meanwhile, I gave you maybe one full season of the X Files.
0: Right on. Right. So, there you have it. So, yeah, I, um, I, I, again, I come from the the history of I had wanted to have nothing to do with it, and I'm so glad that I watched the series, end up really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. um and it you you it will answer a lot of questions if you were one of those people watching solo and said how did darth what 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 you know we're <laughs> looking at the dark saber <laughs> at the end of mandalorian right yeah i mean there will be things that this will this will help you come to terms with that you know um so i like I said it's a very it's really well done they're well written episodes um and the animation just I they are like you know somebody said they're mini movies. These arcs. I mean, uh, they're directed really well. Um, I mean,
2: they go and get Anthony Daniels to do C3PO for a couple of his episodes. I think the Mortis arc. They want to got Liam Neeson to mm-hmm. redo Qui Gon Jinn's voice because he's in there.
0: You know, and the and the voices they got for some of those other characters. You know, mm-hmm. like Anakin, Obi Wan, Yoda. They all do very well. You don't. Mm-hmm. You you realize that that's not Frank Oz, but you don't really care all that much, um, which is surprising. Yeah. As, as you know, Yoda is Frank Oz, and Frank Oz is Yoda. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, this one works. Um,
2: it does.
1: I think after a season or an episode or two, you don't even really notice. Even though Yoda looks
0: really grumpy through this whole <laughs> series, he's the most grumpy looking Yoda that there ever was. He's not getting enough sleep. Yeah. It's finding war. So, um just real quick, uh we've talked about the the Mandalorian but uh or, I'm sorry Mandalorian but Clone Wars, um but there was an announcement uh Project Luminous is going to be this thing that they uh they announced back at Celebration and all they said was they just gave Project Luminous and they had some um some authors uh that were involved in that one is living here in the new orleans area um daniel jose older um so what do we what do you think nobody knows what this is about it's going to be announced um coming up soon but what do you think i mean when i hear project luminous i'm thinking it's something about the force
2: so just to give you right quick what the poster says it says the force is what gives a jedi his power to the energy field created by all living things dot 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 until Dot dot dot. Project Luminous.
3: So That's compelling. Right. <laughs> All living
0: things dot dot dot. Like okay, Until... so now it's dead things? And it, yeah, it's several great Star
1: Wars authors, right?
2: Claudia Gray, yeah. Claudia Gray, Justine yeah. Ireland, yeah. Daniel Say Older, so it sounds Kevin like Scott a and series of,
1: series of books, we think, mm-hmm. maybe.
2: Because yeah, I'm trying to think, ever since Disney acquired uh, the Star Wars license, we haven't had a book publishing arc in the way that the old Del Rey arcs used to happen for the Expanded Universe. There used to be, you know, like the New Jedi Order or Storic Arc of books that came out, mm-hmm. which divisive, but let's just say that they used to put them out. I don't think, I mean, they've put out books tied to the movies, they did the whole aftermath thrill, Aftermath trilogy they really haven't done a whole series of books
0: so yeah and uh, again that's what is going to be the scope what is going to be the you know we the subject matter is the force all right so you know i don't know this could when does it take place this could really you know turn <laughs> some things on their head so right. i mean uh, it's
2: interesting they got five authors five authors who are well versed in star wars we're going to, this is
0: going to become a book club, isn't it? <laughs>
2: this podcast.
1: Well, we, I book and TV probably right because yeah. we're going to have a lot of TV series uh, to talk you know, about still.
2: Oh, which by the way, uh, throw throwing something else. Comic books. You know, Marvel just started the new Star Wars comic book line. They brought it back. In the first issue, they explain how Anakin's lightsaber got brought back from Cloud City. Well, they kind of have an image showing somebody wearing jedi robes holding out the anakin lightsaber that got cut off luke's hand at the end of empire and a mask on of gives to Rey, uh not to ray but to finn in force awakens saying you know where'd you get this so It's like a good question for another time yeah apparently this is what's going to explain it so we're going to become a, a tv book and uh, comic book uh <laughs> podcast
0: um and we haven't we haven't done this for uh since one of the first couple episodes but just real quick before we sign off uh what have you been geeking out over that's not star wars related uh, i i guess no, I can start no, I, no more. I I'm making my drum set here um not just a home decor <laughs> um clothing hanger i've actually i've been digging into getting just uh i wanted to play my drum set more but i wanted to Uh, The passing of Neil Peart kind of inspired this. And I was like, you know, I've always loved Rush and I've played along just what my interpretation of Tom Sawyer would be, for example. You know, I can play along to it, but not play what Neil played. And so I found a transcription of what Neil played. And so I'm learning that. And so like every day after work, I'm sitting behind my drum set and I've got the transcription and um, realizing that I'm not Neil Peart. (laughs) Um, and, but at least, but it's, it's fun to, to, it's, I've always known that rush is such an amazing group and that what Neil did was just as musical as what Alex and Getty did, but how seamlessly it fits is until you study the music you don't realize it. I mean, you hear, yeah. Okay. That fits. And okay. Yeah. He's doing some of the same stuff. Getty is, but when he realize he's doing the exact same stuff, Getty is doing, or, you know, how, like I said, how all these kicks and everything, it's just, it's making me kind of geek out. It's kind of like my friend who, he's a trumpet player and he would always, um, I mean, what he would do during the summer in his practice time, he would listen to miles Davis solos or just whatever trumpet player. And transcribe those solos and then learn how to play those solos, Mm. you know? And so when you learn what the masters are doing, you know, then that influences your playing even more. So anyway, that's what I'm geeking out over. And I just ordered actually a book of, um, all of Rush's moving pictures, Mm -hmm. all those songs, Neil's parts transcribed. So that should be here on Saturday. Cool. yeah. So. That's what I'm geeking out over.
2: So for me, well, uh, <laughs> funny, so I was, uh, I'm also big into soccer. So my soccer supporters group here in New Orleans next week is doing kind of like the annual meetup, which funnily enough has become like the biggest meetup for our soccer supporting friends. We call it Gunnar Grave. Well, it helps
0: that it's in New Orleans around Mardi Gras. I well, mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's
2: like, that's how it started. It was a couple of my of Those guys going like, look, you know, We, you know, we want to have a good time. Let's just invite a few people over. It's during Mardi Gras. So the nickname for my supporters club for the Arsenal soccer club from England is Gooners. We call it Gooner Gras. This is now year seven. So we went episode seven. So this is Gooner Gras episode seven and everything like from the t-shirt design to everything. It's all kind of Star Wars based because, of course, a whole bunch of us are also Star Wars geeks, So we had to do it um and next week it's gonna happen it's gonna be four days of just dealing with 200 crazy fun drinking buddies just going from place to place having a good time so if i survive that then it'll be mardi gras
0: cool
1: Uh mine's probably less exciting um <laughs> <laughs> uh you know f- um just trying to hang out with the kids You know, we're ferrying them around to uh, intramurals and stuff. Um, My my daughter is in ballet and my son is in judo. And so we're doing that stuff. Um, uh, I'm playing uh, uh, Super Mario 64 for the N64. I've become obsessed with that game for some reason. I don't know why it took me 25
0: years, but uh, here we are. (laughs) So uh, do your kids listen to this podcast?
1: No, not yet. Now, my okay. my daughter, actually, it's funny. She said we need to do a porg cast. And so I asked porg. her, a porg cast. And I said, well, what would what, what a porg cast By be? the way,
0: I saw a great meme that was um, a picture of the four porgs, you know, that were looking at Chewbacca. And then it cuts to Baby Yoda smiling, going, chicky nuggies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. that one was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, but anyway, I asked if they listen to this podcast. so um they have still have no idea of your trip coming up.
1: No, they do not. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, I have to say though, the the porg cast when I did ask her what a porg cast would be, it was um, it's about the animals of Star Wars. I was like, okay, well, Yeah, we might be able to do that. So uh, hmm. that's not a bad idea. But yeah, we have a trip coming up. Um, that's semi Star Wars related, where we're um again the kids don't know
0: yet, so um well we'll just leave it at that yeah. yeah so but that's been geeking you out too a little of bit. course yeah. yes
1: yeah Make making all the arrangements all the
3: arrangements
0: yes yeah. um cool well hey with that um we will uh say good night and uh and check off on this episode but uh and if you're in the new orleans area you know the parades are are starting so saturday start hydrating, start sleeping, you know, um, start putting in for days off of work, whatever you need to do, get your king cake. Um, but it is, uh, you know, having moved from Nebraska down here, we knew Mardi Gras was a big deal. Didn't realize just how enjoyable the time is and exhausting but just how enjoyable but the whole season way. is yeah it's
2: exhausting in a good way
0: yeah so um if you're in the new orleans area um you know enjoy yourself if you're not in the new orleans area we're sorry get down yeah. here yeah um but with that we will say who that
3: hoot